Welcome to Yoni Hibat, a podcast dedicated to advocating for intersectional feminism through storytelling. This episode features Naveen Inam. She is a double major in film and television and psychology. Her piece is titled, I Speak an Apology. I Speak an Apology is the last word in a failed relationship that helped Naveen start to face a lot of trauma she pushed off since childhood. Her monologue seeks not to paint her as the innocent victim, but finally take a stand on actions she lets slide. She states, I spent so much of that relationship apologizing for who I was and cultivating someone satiable that was worthy of love. I sacrificed my physical and mental well-being in order to be with someone who fell for this idea of me and was constantly at odds with who I really was. You know, I apologized every single day and nine times out of ten, I didn't need to. This piece is about rebuilding self and fighting old haunts. I speak in apology. I speak in apology. I'm sorry. I didn't know how to drown this monologue in metaphor and make it sound pretty. Because maybe if I hid underneath a veil of pretension, no one would know that I was hurting. And I'm sorry that I took this long to try out the sound of my own voice, untainted by the tricks of telephone and gossip debris, standing lonesome on a wooden stage, demanding space. I'm sorry that I demand, that I seek out, that I pester, that I desire, that I'm a slut for temptation and wicked thrills in order to cure vacancies and hard liquor loneliness. I'm sorry that I wanted love so bad that I traded my sight for hollow optimism and embarked on a journey lit by sparked gasoline that left me guilty and starved for get-love-quick schemes and boys that could make me feel wanted despite of me. I'm sorry that I was born with brown skin, that your friends morphed me into a punchline and trapped me in the brushed-off bounds of a new exotic piece. It's funny that I can't remember what you said in return, and I'm sorry that I'll never forget that. I'm sorry that I brought you into my home, behind walls covered in finger-painted masterpieces and unquestioned curiosity and decades of burdened trauma, I led you behind doors that I'd boarded up years ago because I believed you could bring me light again. I'm sorry that my father didn't like you. You were a reminder of past mistakes and the bullets he had to pick out of his pride because when my mother looked upon this boy with skin like her own, she said, I'm glad you brought home a good white boy. And I should have known. I'm sorry that I made myself small, that I turned your quiet judgment into gospel so you could sip holy water from cavernous collarbones because when I was sick, that's when I was perfect. I'm sorry that I was a burden, that I was too broken for you to fix. But as I pieced myself together in the distance between us, I learned what I'm really sorry for. I'm sorry that I stayed that I ate crumbs of ignorance, took it as sustenance, and every morning I broke out in shame. I'm sorry I tried to bleach my skin, that I pinned my hair back every day because curls constituted conversation and they will not be an emblem of your civil rights journey. I'm sorry that I let you shake my father's hand and the contrast in color didn't make me see, because when he said you had ego, I said you had confidence, so he hung his head and said, good luck. I'm sorry that you made my sadness my weakness, that you made my mind seem so violent, that you never understood this stuff, but also never cared to learn. I'm sorry your misogyny bubbles right under the surface, because you think maybe if she's a woman, she can't be better than you, 
but I say maybe if she's a woman, she already is. I'm sorry that when I wrote this, I had to think twice. Fearful of being buried with the ghosts of crazy exes because I've stretched these memories beyond their expiration. But if you try to shatter my armor of pride, be prepared to pick up the bullets one by one while I stand and watch. I'm sorry for you that you live in a reality molded by arrogant hands, that this will enter one ear and exit the other, because when Icarus flies too close to the sun, you deem him golden. For months, my reflection was poisonous. So much of who I was was left in the woods, lost and alone, wondering at what point she had left herself behind. And to that girl lost beneath beds of shame and pine, I hope one day she forgives me. So I'm sorry that it's culminated in this. Standing lonesome on a wooden stage, demanding space. Because I'll be damned if I ever say sorry again. You've just finished hearing Naveen's wonderful performance. Welcome to the Q&A portion of this episode. For our first question, Naveen tells us why she chose to talk about this relationship. Um, I think... I came to the first day of auditions and I was like, oh, I'm just ready to be the tech director. I'm not really going to do any performing this year. Um, And then just seeing everybody walk into the audition room and just like seeing so many familiar faces, I was like, I really do miss doing that. But if I don't have a story to tell, I'm not going to just milk that moment for the sake of being on a stage. Um, But when I got home, I had this like weird experience where I sat down and I was thinking about the past like year and a half of my life um, that I'd spent in a relationship that didn't really work out. Um, And by that time, I kind of, you know, tied the bow on that relationship. I was like, it's over. Like I'm done thinking about it. But all of a sudden I was doing this reevaluation of everything that happened. And there was this sudden like sadness and anger about a lot of things that I had left unsaid. And a lot of times I didn't fight for myself or defend myself. um, And kind of how, different I was after it and how severed I was from who I really am because I wanted to fit into this mold. Um, and within 10 minutes, I wrote the first draft, like in ugly tears on the ground of my dorm room. And I remember calling Gladys and I was like, please come over. I need you to hear this thing that I wrote. And then the next day I performed it for you guys. Um, and so it wasn't, I wasn't seeking to talk about this relationship. I, it just seemed to be what I needed at the time. And I wasn't done processing it. And this was kind of like the nail in the coffin of me finally, you know, forgiving myself for everything that I did to myself over the course of that relationship um, and being able to move forward. So it was not something I was looking to do. It was just something I needed to do. She then tells us how her thoughts have changed about interracial dating. So I don't know if they've necessarily changed. I still think that you know, interracial coupling is a thing. It's going to be a thing forever. And I'm definitely not against it. Um, like I am the product of an interracial relationship. Um, I think it just taught me that it is much harder than it seems. Sometimes love is not enough. Um, and being affectionate and attraction, that's not enough to keep something like that sustained. Um, especially when, there are parties that might not be too educated um, on racial issues or just social issues in general. Um, and one thing I have come to learn is I don't love to be anyone's teacher. Um, I am okay with guiding people, kind of like talking through things and discussing things. But 
it's, I feel like a broken record every time I have to be like, Hey, here's this race issue we have to discuss. It just, I hate being that person. Um, I will if I need to, but it'd be nice if people could, you know, step up, do that research on their own and have, you know, start those discussions without me having to be the facilitator. Um, I think that it's definitely hindered my trust in that system of an interracial relationship, but it's something I'm very open to reopening in myself. Um, I just, yeah, I came away with it. I'm like, this is a lot more work than I had expected. Um, and you get hurt a lot more often than you think you would. So I think it's such an interesting concept because I don't feel like a lot of people talk about interracial relationships, um, and all kind of the nuances that go into it, but it's something I wish more people talked about, um, because I was not prepared. I was like, oh, I like this boy. I'm going to date this boy. Oh no, me and boy don't look like each other. Somehow that's an issue. Um, I, I think it's something I am still like thinking about all the time. And definitely I got to talk to my parents about it because they've also kind of seen their own troubles with that. And I kind of speak a little bit about that in the piece um, of how racial dynamics affect um, a union. Um, so I don't know. It's something that I think about constantly and I'm open to learning more and open to giving people the chance now. Um, but definitely right after I was like, I closed all doors on everything. I was like, no, no, we're going to be a singular being for a little bit um, and chill out. So I don't know where my thoughts are. I don't know if that made any sense, but that's where I'm at. Finally, Naveen shares what about the experience was so revealing in terms of past trauma. So much of my initial appeal to this relationship came from these destructive expectations that I was taught in my childhood. Um, I was basically taught that I needed to find a strong man that would fix me and take care of me, that could bring me this concept of normalcy that I keep talking about, but I've started to lose grip on what normal really is. And that was what was so appealing to me at first about it. I was like, this is the safe person that I can like rely on and be with. Um, but I realized that you know, I think that can be good in some aspects, but I realized that I had to change so much of who I was and like stifle so much of who I was to make it work. Um, and sometimes it didn't work out. Sometimes, you know, who I really was would come out and I would lash out because I was so angry at acting all the time and being performative. Um, that that's kind of where we saw those rifts was when I was being myself, when I really looked back at it and those good moments were when I was trying to be this soft, nurturing, domestic person, which I definitely can be. But, you know, I, like, I'm dramatic at times. I'm, I'm loud. I am emotive. I feel so many things. I'm critical. Um, I'm constructive. I, and I don't think any of those are bad things. Um, I just feel so much and I, I do have a pretty dominating personality um, and I'm very into like pointing out issues when I see them even if it makes people uncomfortable I feel like we should address it solve it and move on um, and it, I realized that that wasn't what I could be in order to make that work or in order for that to be a good relationship. There was a period where I was still like holding on by a string because you know I thought that 
if I let this go, no one else will love me. Um, because I was basically told, um, by two people, one, a family member who was just like, I can't believe you ended this, you know, whenever are you ever going to find a man who's going to put up with you, which was like very hurtful for me on one end. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to push out of my mind. And another moment that stuck with me is I went home to visit friends from high school. I was telling them, oh yeah, like we broke up. And my friend said, you know, Naveen, it's okay if you're alone for the rest of your life. And on one hand, it's okay if I, you know, am alone for the rest of my life. There are dogs, they exist. Um, But I think no one ever really wants to be alone. Um, I think humans were naturally social and intimate creatures. Um, if you subscribe to that narrative and I definitely do. And so I remember getting into my car afterward, I called my friend Courtney and told her and then cried while listening to Mitski on the drive home. Um, because I, I wondered really like, man, did I just really give up something that I I will never be loved again? Um, and in the months that followed, I really had to undo that logic because, you know, if being loved is going to constitute me being less of myself, um, and sacrificing who I am and trying to cover up, you know, my emotions, my race, um, my sexuality and all that good stuff, then I don't really want that. Um, so I'm really glad I got that experience because it really, you know, jumpstarted me really reckoning with those traumas and those fears that I had carried through childhood, but just never addressed. Um, And in the aftermath, really got to kind of heal from. As we wrap up this episode, here are Naveen's last words. I guess my last words are, I really hope someone can take something away from this. Um, And I'm really glad that I was able to really tell my side of the story and process it through a removed lens in order to really start healing from a lot of things that I was hurting from for a long time. So I'm really glad I got to be able to do this. Thank you for listening to Naveen's episodes. If you'd like to hear more Yoni Kibat performances, we'll be releasing new podcast episodes every day through April 25th. Stay tuned.